Matthew 6, 33. So I got to really go. I'm going to push and pretend like, uh, you know, we got to get all this done here in the next couple of minutes. It's, uh, so we're going to be Matthew 6, 33, and then we're going to go into Joshua chapter 7. Uh, and that's, we dive in the deep end of the pool. But um, So this year we're going to keep God first and then our work on our, our health and then our family. So be a note taker at least for a couple of months, and then you can implement this package with your family. All right? So here we go. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, Jesus is preaching this message to people just like I'm preaching to you. He's on a hillside, and and he's telling them all these things they need to do and be aware of from chapter 5 to to chapter 7. And so you can go in there. It's rich. It's deep. It's thick. It's wonderful. Uh, it's easy to understand. Um, so then if we go back to verse 25 in chapter 6, he tells us all the things we're going to benefit uh, from if we keep God first. Okay? Uh, so we're New Testament teaching here. And um, he says, therefore, I tell you in verse 25, do not be anxious about your life. So he said, if you keep God first down, you won't be anxious about anything anymore. A lot of people are anxious now uh, more than ever. And I was listening to uh, Billy Graham. I listened on the way in. I always listen to uh, to Bot Radio. And all the wonderful teachers are on there. There's Billy Graham and there's uh, Jay Vernon McGee's on there and all all the guys who can really preach. And he talks about, he, Billy Graham starts his, his message, and he said, my mom and dad uh, drove a horse and buggy. So, uh, and this, this teaching was from 1991, so whatever, Billy would have probably been, I don't know, 70 or whatever. So his parents drove a horse and buggy. And he said, uh, we think that we have more time now uh, than they did back then. But actually, back then, they had more time than we have now. I mean, your car's faster than the horse and buggy, and so is your phone and everything. But we don't have the time now that they had back then. Amen. I think what happened is is we, Whaley, we have the same time. We just covered it with a bunch of sugar, a bunch of fluff, a bunch of stuff that we don't need that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, and, and people bring this over to your phone. Did you see this? It's, a, you know, like a guy doing whatever, something really stupid. Like, ha, he had 10 million hits. And, and it's fun to look at that, but do we need a steady diet of silliness? Oh, it got quiet. I'm, hello. <laughs> I mean, if you were doing that in front of your parents, Big Steve, wouldn't your parents say something? Steve, go out and play. Amen, that's what I'm talking about. I think we're getting our time gobbled up by senseless gaga. So don't be anxious about your life, and it, whatever. You will eat or what you will drink or what, or about your body. So back then, these were some of the things that we're concerned about. What you were put on, is it not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns that your heavenly Father feeds them. So let me talk to you if you're a PETA person. Oh, there's none in here. But anyways, uh, if you're an animal owner, how about that? 
God is going to take care of your animals. He's been doing it for thousands of years. Amen? And if he's taking care of the animals, he'll take care of you more than animals. Amen? And, and, and you have been around people that love animals. They're a little weird, aren't they? I'm going to puppy classes right now. Did you ever think I would? Don't, tell, don't let it get out. After you own animals long enough, you'll end up getting weird. And they become, and some people think that they almost become human-like. They're not. Amen? You still have to feed them and clean up after them. Amen? Uh, so if you're anxious about all these things, about what you're going to eat and the clothing and everything, he's using an example that God takes care of the animals, he'll take care of you. And in which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not a rain like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow sown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Bartley, that's what he's talking about. The reason you're in the position you're at right now is because you don't have any faith. You're worried about the, you know, some, I know you guys don't, but other people do like, like, we better, we better take care of the deer because it looks like they're freezing outside. No, they're not. Amen? And we, we, want, we, we want to save everything. Sanitize it. God said, don't worry about all that stuff. I got that covered. Somebody asked me, he said, what do you do with your cows in the winter? You can take them in for a while if you want. Amen? What do you do when it rains? I go, I don't know. <laughs> they get rained on. Can I keep preaching here? Amen. I had a shirt that said PETA on the front. and uh, There's an acronym for I won't. Somebody told me it says people eating tasty animals. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows them, uh, that you need them all. Let us pray, and then we go into the seek first the kingdom. Are you going to do that this year? Are you going to seek the kingdom of God first, or is he like second or third? If he's going to be first this year, let's just pray together. Put your hand up. I'll, I'll pray with you. Lord, we just want to keep you first, and even before our pets, we want to pray. We want to trust you and uh, ask the offering be blessed today. And uh, as we get ready for the Lord's Supper, let us do inventory of our hearts today. And uh, pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Applaud the Lord. Happy New Year. Let the basket come by. Everybody take a drink real quick. We're going into Joshua. You're in the deep end of the pool. So I'll tell you this. 
the story that I'm getting ready to tell you in Joshua spans from like chapter 5 to chapter 7, but we're only reading chapter 7, about 20-something verses. And Mrs. Chittenden, I hope I get through all of it. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Franny, I don't even know why I picked this. So can I tell you this? Can I tell you a story? And if you want to know, I'll tell you. Never mind, you don't want to know. So I'm in the office, and then we're looking at the big church calendar, and the girls are like, we would love to know what we're doing for the next couple of months. And I'm like, probably working. Do you know where you're going for the next two months? And usually I don't know where I'm going until I get there. Amen? Because it's confusing for guys. Um, and um, I said, yeah. They said, can you put together a series, you know, where new year, new plan, and, and you just kind of plan out things and do do. And I said, yeah, I can do that. And um, so I walked into Moscow. So I planned out two months and all the scripture to go with it for two months. And I walked in and Greg Steiger looked at me. He goes, who are you? He goes, I don't even know who you are right now. And then I got home and my wife's seen this because Jess sent me back a copy of it and you know, in a, in a format, and she goes, when would you do this? And I said, oh, I did it this week. I said, you know, it took me a couple of days, and I kind of put everything together. She goes, you've never done that. And I go, I've never done that before. So I want to let you know that God can do something in you right now and break your old routine and set something up that you never thought you could do on your own. You'll have to get away from small thinking because it limits God. I got a couple more. Follow God and not man. Break out of old or bad routines. And I told Moscow this last night, and I think they, they were up. I said, you know, I said, next time you come in church, I said, sit in some place different. Just for, do this with me. Just. Just move one chair over. And not, not for your benefit, but it'll freak everybody out in church. And, when, and they act like they own the space. Not, it, not this service, but like our other services. And then, like, like it's something new. Like, what do you do? Lisa, what are you doing up here? It's, <laughs> it's my seat. Amen. Don't act like you don't get in routines. We go where it's comfortable, and that's fine. But every once in a while, God's trying to get you out of here. <laughs> trying to get you out of your comfort zone. He's wanting you to do something really crazy, like move over one chair. Woohoo! Look at your neighbor and say, Happy New Year, Jack. We're partying now. It's like going to Andy's and trying a different flavor. How dare you get anything other than the? No, I can't do it. You have to repent or something. Amen? So, talking about uh, Joshua <clears throat> and talking about keeping God first. It looks a little different through Old Testament than it does New Testament, but it's the same God who hates sin the same amount. Just go, oh me. 
So we're living under grace, so when you sin, that sin won't be counted against you because you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Got it, amen? That sin is removed. Old Testament, the blood of bulls and turtle doves, whatever, covered it until Jesus came to remove it. Amen? We're going in here talking about Joshua keeping God first. Um, I'm trying to set this up. So here's how we're going to do it. So Joshua's got these people. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan. They're in this one city called Shittim. It's 12 miles outside of the Jordan, uh, just a little north of the Dead Sea. They're crossing over the Jordan. They take the Ark of the Covenant before the priests go. They step into the Jordan. The Jordan dries up in a heap. This is the same place Jesus was. Jesus started his ministry in the Jordan. Joshua starts his ministry in the Jordan. Amen? You're going to see a lot of similarities that go here. Once they get over there, uh, they're encamped in a place because they're getting ready to take over uh, Jericho. So they're getting ready to take over Jericho. So they're encamped in a place called Gilgal. They're in a place called Gilgal. Say that with me, Gilgal. And, and you would go back to chapter 5 and find out, and maybe chapter 5, 9, where God says, when you set up here in Gilgal, I'm going to roll back the reproach uh, from Egypt that was on you. Reproach is disgrace. When you was enslaved, I'm going to roll that back so you got a new clean slate. And it's the same as Jesus does. He said, I'm going to roll back the, the disgrace against you when my blood covers you and you're going to be a new creature in Christ. He says, here you go, Joshua. you got a new opportunity. You're in the land flowing of milk and honey and I'm going to roll back everything. And then you're going to be ready to go into war and we know he goes in and uh, in, 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 in drops the walls of Jericho. We know that. The priests go around six days, seventh day. They go seven times, they blow the horn and everybody's learned that in Sunday school and the walls fall down. Amen. See you next week. Bye. Um, he said, when you go in, keep me first. Say that. Keep me first. So after you conquer Joshua, after you, after you conquer Jericho, Lubke, there's going to be a treasury there. That treasury that's there, it's mine. Say it with me. Don't touch it. That's mine. The first, the first city you conquer and all the, all, the, all the treasury, all the important things in there, it's mine. See, and God says the same thing in the New Testament, some things that are his and everything. But living in 2024 now, we have, every, you know, we have all kind of excuses and, and pet names for our sin, and we'll get into that as we go. But we're not, I don't want to keep you first, God, because I got this and I got that. All I can say is wipe your brow and thank God that you're living under grace. You say, okay, Pastor Pat, what does it look like when we get into the Old Testament? I'm about ready to read it. Amen? Here we go. So hopefully I set it up a little bit for you. But when, I, when you get done with this, go home with your family and just do chapter 5 through chapter 7. It's, it's a wonderful read and it's a wonderful study about keeping God first and the consequences of when you don't. Uh, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. Just do this with me. Wah, wah. This doesn't start out good. I told you, when I go out of town, nobody in the house. Did you do that before? I mean, I couldn't believe my mom and dad went out of town. I got to tell this story. They're both in heaven, so. 
me, me and my brother, we, were, we weren't, you know, we weren't the student. You were probably at the party. Yeah. <laughs> my mom and dad went out of town, and when they, their car wasn't even out of the subdivision. And we had people down the street with a, remember keg? Say keg. Bad idea. I don't know if kids do that anymore, but if you do, don't. And, oh, yeah, what a bunch of morons. I told you not to have it, and the neighbor told on everything we did. I don't know why our brain left our skull. We had people down the street all over the place, and it was a train wreck. Needless to say, my mom and dad found out. Say that with me, my mom and dad found out. Same. He found out. No, he found out. And we're, we're going to, hold on now, you guys said you're going to keep them first. But you want to do it under your terms. In 2024, we got Facebook and Instagram. We're going to keep them first. Let's see how this works out. Uh, they took some of the devoted things and it angered the Lord and it burned against the people of Israel. Verse 2, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. All right. Let me tell you about the city of Ai. So we're, we've whipped everybody in Jericho. The walls fell down, and, man, we went in and had a heyday. That victory was easy. So let's go, let's go to the next hood, Ai. We ought to be able to whip those guys easy. We're on a roll. We're 1-0. and So we go up to Ai, and you ask me, say, how did that Ai work out? Not very good. Do you know why they couldn't whip anybody in AI? Because they had sin in their camp that they didn't deal with before they went out. That's like you trying to go fix somebody else's family when you. Oh, we, I want to go do things and I want to whip people and I want to grow in Christ, but I'm not dealing with the own things inside my own family. But I want victory when I go out and I want a job and I want, I want a raise and I want my own business. and I want to, No, you don't. You don't want to do any of those things. If you did, you'd clean up your own mess before you tried to go clean up somebody else's. I got to have somebody talk back to me a little bit and know that I'm on the right place. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you don't need to fix me, Jack. <sighs> it need to be said because some of you guys wanted to say it. Verse 3. So they returned to Joshua and said to him, uh, do not have all the people go up there, but let about two or 3,000. So they had who knows how many, thousands if not millions of people that crossed the Jordan. And, and here's what they said. Hey, we've scouted the place out. Don't send everybody up there. Uh, Lamonis, just send two or 3,000 up there. We'll whip them. Let these guys stay home and eat some, you know, some toasted dove or something. Let them get in their recliners or ride their donkeys around or whatever. We'll go up and whip them and we'll come back. See, after a while, you can get used to God's favor and forget how you got there. Oh, we can. It got, if you, if, you, if you get me out of this one, say it with me. If you get me out of this one, I'll be at church every day. 
Surely on Sunday, oh, I can be there every Sunday. If you get me out of this, you get me and my family out of this, we'll be there every Sunday. I'll move on. Verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, and they had fled before the men of Ia. So that doesn't sound good. They're already fleeing, and they just started this war. Let's see what happens. And the men of Ai killed 36. They killed 30. The first 36 people that walked in that city, they laid them out flat as a pancake. And so you know what happened after that? They retreated. They're like, man, we, we shouldn't be fighting this war. And I'll lay it on, the, I'll lay it on Joshua. You should have prayed about this to go whip this next city the same way you prayed about it when you were in the camp at Gilgal. And God would have told you, hey, Joshua, you got sin in your camp. You need to fix this before you go out and try to conquer the next city. Sometimes the reason we fall is because of leadership, but I'll keep moving on. We're still keeping God first, amen? So... Go to verse 8. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face in the ark of the Lord until the evening, and the elders of the Israel, and they put dust on their heads, so they're doing it, man. They're going, oh, God, we got whipped here, and we're, 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 so, you know, we're, we're mourning the loss of all these people. Mr. Cope, we're mourning the loss of all these soldiers that are going off here in these senseless wars, and we're mourning. I'm just trying to figure out if we're learning anything through this. Surely we could learn something from a message thousands of years ago. And Joshua said, Alas, O God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all? So now he starts to cry. He was going from victory, going, hey, we can whip everybody, to going. He goes, oh, God. He sounded like Moses when he was walking the desert. God, wouldn't it have been better if we just went back into Egypt and were slaves? See, we, we shout victory when we're winning, but we blame God when we're not. We blame God. What kind of God? Say this with me. What kind of God? And you fill in the blank. That's as senseless as anything I've ever heard. God's already done something about your problem. His name is Jesus Christ, and when you accept him, that's when healing starts in your family. Don't blame God because you ain't got a job. Don't blame God because you're stealing. Don't blame God for all these things. Blame yourself. It starts at home. Boy, it's the quietest service I've done, I'll guarantee it. I was like, holy crap, I don't like these Old Testament messages. Give me the one about blessings. Uh, So he tore his clothes, and he's got everybody there. Verse 9, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us. He goes, here's what he's basically saying, Keith. He goes, once they find out we got whipped, every bully on the block's going to come down here and push us around. So here, here's a lesson to all you guys. If you allow the bully to bully you, you will always be bullied. Oh, and I know they don't teach that at school. You know what my dad told me? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. You guys won't like me after that. Uh but let me tell you something, my dad, I'll just put it to you like this for you young kids. My dad told me to stand up for myself. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you something else. I stood up for my brother and I stood up for my sister. And if, and if, you, if you did anything to either one of them, it was go time. And, that, and that's what's up. 
and, that, and that's real. And that's real life. If you let if you let the devil walk over you, they'll walk, he'll walk over you every time. If he's got your if he's got your number, you're in trouble. You need to stand up for yourself. And I'm not ta- I'm not advocating violence, and I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about stand up for your dang self. And you might want to tell the devil, you might want to rethink that before you start bringing that mess around my house. Or, or, or not. Or not. But here's the deal. The kingdom of Christ is not a doormat for the devil. We're on the winning side of this thing. I'm going to keep preaching even if you, here it is. Verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. You remember that? Get up. Get up off your, get up off your pity pot. Get up off your whatever it is. You got whoop, go back and whip him. I remember that. That's a, we used to meet people after school. If you couldn't get it done at school, we'd meet them. We'd meet them at the park or meet them in the football field. Go get him. Do whatever. And again, that's not what I'm talking about. But there has to be a standard in your family where the devil knows you picked the wrong family here. These guys and those brothers and sisters are going to stand up for one another. Amen. You might want to pick a softer target. Oh, I'll get worked up here in a minute. Stay with me. I just, I just, think, I just think the guys in the family need to stand up for their family. And I think men need to be dang men. Amen? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. So he's fallen on his face. He said, they have transgressed my covenant, and I commanded you that they have, have taken some of the devoted things. Uh-oh. Well, in 2024, what we would say was we'd make an excuse to God and say, I have a stealing disorder. We call everything now a disorder. And maybe somebody will come along and, and pop a pill for it. No, the reason you took the things is because you're a thief. And you probably don't have a J-O-B, but can I want to... See, people, people that have jobs don't steal. But what this guy had a disorder, it was a sin disorder. His name was Achan. He seen the things. He knew they were God's, but he goes, you know what? I like that more than I like God. And if that's the case, that's your decision. But woe is you. Oh, you're not going to like the end of this story. This is just a lesson about keeping God first. That's all I'm telling you. This is before grace. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. My gosh. They can't even stand. The, the whole nation of Israel can't stand up because somebody has sinned in the camp. You're going, you're telling me one tiny sin can contaminate? Contaminate the whole camp? Well, look, if you don't believe that this can happen spiritually, what do you think happened physically when the coronavirus came in? We were quarantined people who didn't even need to be quarantined. I remember people when it first came out, they go, we think it can last on your shoe for about three weeks. Don't go deer hunting because, yeah, the deer have it. Did you know horses could get it too if you sat on them? 
Yeah, we made a big deal about it, but we don't make a big deal about it when somebody's sinning in the camp. Right. Oh, that's just Junior. He's got a, a stealing and klepto disorder. Right. Well, you're dang right he does because he ain't never had his tail whooped. Amen. Don't put your hands on that stuff. That stuff is mine. Amen? Amen. He says, they have become uh, devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Uh-oh. Looks like it's time for somebody to pay the piper. God said, am I first? Or, or is this just a, a Sunday morning, bless me, bop me, and send me down the road, little bunny foo-foo? Here's the deal. God don't play games. I know we all, we're in 2024, Big Steve, and we just kind of, oh, it's little Johnny. He's just got a disorder. Your dang Skippy's got a disorder. It's called his conduct reeks to high heaven. That's, that's what we're dealing with. He said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You can't stand before the enemies. So here's Joshua. He says, uh, let's go down to 22. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden. So this is the thing that he's got against Achan. It was hidden in his tent with silver underneath, and they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. And, the, and Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan and the son of Zerai and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his donkey and his sheep and his tent and all that he had, and he brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord bring trouble on you today, and all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned him with fire and stoned him with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger, therefore, to this day. And the name of the place is called the Valley of Achor. Rise up with me, church. i got to complete this uh, for any blanks that I, I missed here. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like Pastor Pat. I don't know if I like the Old Testament story about keeping God first because they took little children uh, in, 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 in the mommy and the daddy and all his livestock outside the city and they burned them to death. They had to burn them to death so the rest of that sin didn't contaminate the rest of the, the rest of the Israeli army. It would be nothing more than this. Listen to me very carefully as I dim the lights here to, to, to bring this point across. It's not much different, uh, uh, church, than this. If, if the devil or, or, the, or his demons and minions come to get your child one day, hold on, listen to me, and they're carting your kids off into hell fire and damnation and your child screaming hey dad why didn't you tell me about Jesus this story about keeping God first fell on this daddy right here and not only did he not only did he do the things against God that he shouldn't have done 
he brought the stuff back into his house. I wish somebody would say, oh me. So if, if, the, if, if the kids of, of the world are getting carted off into hell, before that happens, the daddies in these families need to rise up and say, you know what, we need to take care of our spiritual life before we take care of anything. And let me tell you this, daddies that are here today and grandpas that are here today, if you don't think your spiritual life is important, read the, read the story of Joshua taking Achan and, and his family outside the city and burning it. Now let me ask you this. I was talking to my son after church and we was working on a little deal he's a community leader up there where he lives and we're going to help him do some things my son and my daughter and daughters could come to me and I'll help them with their problem but the first way we fix those problems is with God and if you if you leave God out of the equation then it's on the dad of the family. That's all I can tell you. You go, wow, that's pretty heavy, Pastor. You, you really laid a lot on the guy. I didn't lay a lot on the guy. God did. He started back in the Garden of Eden, and we can, we can play with uh, what we think marriage ought to be and people ought to be, whatever. and you can do whatever you want with it. But in the end, the dad will be accountable for what happened in his family. And what you allowed in your house and your thresholds. You can't allow your family to bring that stuff back in, in, in into your camp any more than, than uh, Achan allowed it back in his house. So I guess what I'm saying to you today is you better keep God first. Because this is a view of what it looks like when God isn't first in the Old Testament. I'm going to ask you the, the most important question of the whole year at the first Sunday of 2024. Are you saved? Have you been saved by the blood of Jesus? Do you understand the story that I just read to you about keeping God first? It's not a scare tactic. It's just a fact. That's just what's in the Bible. That's just what I'm preaching. And we'll leave here and other things will be important, Randy. Other thing, we got football today. We're going to go get in a foot, watch a football game. That's fine to watch football if all the rest of the stuff in the house is taken care of. But if the kids are running tither and nither and nobody's reading the Bible and nobody's praying, you ought to do that first before you watch a football game. I'm going to pray for you now. I believe I've said all everything that, that God wants me to say to you today. Other than this, when you go to take the Lord's Supper today, be thinking about the power, the resurrected power. Oh, church, 
granting the resurrected power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the power that he empowers the, the daddies and the mommies to, to bring to the families. And, and here's the deal. If you haven't done it right, it's not too late. This ain't a, this ain't a, a, a gloom and doom story. This is a, this is a story about, about you can and you will through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not too late. As long as you got breath in your lung, God can come in and change the situation. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to have you join us down here for the Lord's Supper if the Lord is, is so calling you to do that. I remember the power of blood of Jesus and the atoning work that God has did at the cross at Calvary. I don't ever want to take that lightly. So I'm going to pray for you saints here real quick. Let's just pray, Lord. If there's something that we're harboring in our heart that is is outside the covenant of, of your holy covenant, we want to we want to uh, we want to get that thing fixed. All to be well with our soul today. Check my heart, Lord, and see if there's anything in there that I need to straighten out. And I pray that you do it through the power of your Holy Spirit. And then how about you going into the 2024 season? Have you been born again by the blood of Jesus? Do you know Christ is your Savior? You may walk in this church and say, I don't know that, but I'm ready to receive Jesus. I want to get born again. If that's you, shoot your hand up real quick. One, two, three, bam. Put it up there. I want to pray for you. Just invite Jesus into your life. Right where you're at, just raise your hand and say, I want to be saved. I want God to save my soul. I see those two hands. I see three over there. Praise God. Somebody ought to, and I see one back here with this young lady and a young man back there. In the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me, church? In the name. We bind the devil by the blood of the Lamb over the lives of the hands that are raised. Just ask Jesus right now. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to be a new creature in Christ. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'm a new creature in Christ. Come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I love you, Lord. I'm born again now. And give you the glory for all this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I want you to be bold here now. Let's just keep our heads bowed for just one more second. Give me one more minute. For you, young man, you, young lady, and young man back here, and another young lady that just raised her hand, will you come forward so I can just pray for you? I, I don't need any glory or anything out of this. I don't want anything other than you to go to heaven. Do you know that people are going to heaven by the decisions that they made here at this church today? Can I get a witness from God's people? Hallelujah. Come on down here, sister. Sit right here. Just going to pray for you. Just going to pray for you. Just sit down there. I'm going to pray for you. We're not going to ask you to do anything. I'm just going to pray for these people. Do you remember the day when you walked the aisle? Do you, Glory, do you remember the day when the veil was lifted? When your eyes were opened? Tell God today, say, I see. Just tell him that. Say, I see today. 
There's people getting saved at this church down all the time. They love God. They fall in love with God because God's people is here and, and, the, and the Holy Ghost is here. Can I have some men and women of the church here come and pray with these young ladies? Carrie, would you come up here, Lisa? Praise Jesus. Somebody ought to be just shouting about God in this church today. Tell the devil you can't stop what God's doing here. I just want to pray for these people, and I'll let you guys get in with the Lord's Supper. I'm pretty excited right now. Aren't you excited to be in a church where people get saved? Oh, these are precious people. Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus. People are born again, men and women who have fallen in love with you today, that they know they've taken inventory of their lives and they had something that was, was empty inside their lives. And they filled it, that void with the blood of Christ and the love of Jesus. And I'm asking you today, Lord God, from this day forward to guide them and, 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 and tell them to continue to be in a Bible-believing church. And I pray that we can get their names and numbers and, and pray with them and get them Bibles and help them in their walk with God. And Lord God, I'm grateful for being uh, here today where I could see your handiwork happen. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.